Welcome back. This is episode six, and today we're going to talk about what's in your cup. I saw this social media post, and it was this analogy about, you know what, I'm just going to read it to you, and then we're going to talk about it. You are holding a cup of coffee when somebody comes along and bumps into you or shakes your arm, making you spill the coffee everywhere. Why'd you spill the coffee? Because somebody bumped into me. Wrong answer. You spilled the coffee because there was coffee in your cup. Had there been tea in your cup, you would have spilled the tea. Whatever is inside your cup is what will spill out. Therefore, when life comes along and shakes you, which will happen, we will talk about it, whatever is inside you will come out. It's easy to fake it until you get rattled. So we have to ask ourselves, what's in my cup? When life gets tough, what spills over? Is it joy, gratefulness, peace, humility? Or is it anger, bitterness, harsh words, and harsh reactions? Life provides the cup. You choose how and what to fill it with. So today we're going to work towards filling our cup with gratitude, forgiveness, joy, words of affirmation, kindness, gentleness, love for others, love for ourselves. Because when life rattles us, this is just me now, by the way, when life rattles us, I want that to be what spills over. You know, when I read that post, it really, it like struck a nerve with me because I look back at my former life, I call it, and all the negativity and all the jealousy and all the envy and all the rage That's what spilled out. The depression, that's what spilled out. And it was spilling out all over the people that I love. And it was just as toxic to them as it was to me. And I didn't realize that until I started filling my cup with the good shit. And then that shit started... (laughs) I like to say the word shit... That shit started pouring out onto my loved ones and it started affecting them in positive ways. And so when I read that, I was just like, hot damn, yes. And I was trying to think of how to branch into this episode that you always need to be working on yourself because life is going to rattle you. Life is going to bump into you. Picture somebody gave you a cup of coffee when you were 18. Do you think that you could have even made it to 21 with any amount of coffee left in that cup? Let's be honest. That's another problem is that people are bumping you and they're bumping it out. And even if it's toxic, it's still spilling out everywhere. Are you refilling it with more toxic stuff or are you just running on empty? Have you spilled it all out? Do you feel like there's nothing in your cup? Because whether it's full 
of resentment, guilt, anger, depression, negativity, hate, or nothing, we have a problem. We have a serious problem. And I even notice when I'm not doing daily personal development, my cup gets a little cloudy. My cup gets a little cloudy. And then when I get rattled, which I get rattled more easily, when I'm not filling my cup with the good stuff. And it's more likely to spill out. I hate to tell you, but life will rattle you. It will knock you the fuck out. I mean, that's just what it does. So this isn't about wishing for a life that isn't hard. This isn't about wishing for a different life. This is about being able to fill your cup with the good stuff so that you can get rattled, spill out a little bit, know how to fill your cup back up and what you're spilling out is at least helping and positive to those around you. Because that's what it's all about, right? The cup is going to spill regardless. So what is in it matters. It matters because that's what the world sees. I love that line in there too. You can fake it until you get rattled. Right? Like you can fake it until it feels like the sky is falling and then you crumble right along with it. At least that's what it felt like for me, you know? I would fake it and fake it and fake it and then it would just get so bad that it was almost like I was having like mental breakdowns, but I just couldn't take it anymore. I would lash out. For me, it usually happened after, mm, I don't know, drink number eight to 12. And then all of it came out. That was the worst part about me being an alcoholic is that, oh, that cup spilled out all the time. It, I rattled my own, I rattled my own, I shook my own arms. It was ridiculous. But what was spilling out was not good. <clears throat> I was adding more negativity to the world it was straight toxic so how do we change what we're putting in our cup how do we fill our cup with better things I feel like this is maybe the secret to life (laughs) so I hope I do a good job of giving you some good directions. I can't do it for you. I read somewhere that 85% of the conversations you have every day are with yourself. And that alone was kind of like, whoa. Because my self-talk used to be so negative. And a lot of us, if we're stuck in that, we don't know how to get out, right? Because it's how you've always talked to yourself. It's the only way you know how to live. So for me, personal development, again, here I go preaching. 
was huge because someone else was talking to me in a different way than I normally talk to myself. And not only that, they gave me tools to start changing the way I talk to myself. I hope to give a few of those tools to you guys today. The first one is obviously more personal development. And I wish that I could just rattle off books for you, but you need to find personal development that applies to where you are. You need to find books or authors that speak to you. And that's going to come in later with another tool. Second, what you need to focus on is your peer group. And this may ruffle some feathers. And I just want to tell you guys that this is about you. No one has to live your life. They don't have to walk in your shoes. And you need to do what you need to do to become the person you need to be. And if that looks or sounds selfish to you, that's okay. This is one time that that is really and truly okay. Because if you're not in a good place, entirely in a good place, it's impossible for you to help others get to good places or be that good place for other people. Because remember, everything that's in your cup will spill out. And if there's any negativity in there, if there's any self-loathing, if there's anything deep down inside that is broken, it is going to come out on the ones we love. Whether we want it to or not, you're gonna get rattled to your core. So this isn't a fake it until you make it situation. You're gonna fake it until you're gonna spill everywhere and you're gonna hurt the ones you love. And then it's gonna be really hard to do the things because now you have all of that guilt. And maybe you have that. You gotta get rid of it. First of all, you can't do anything about the person who used to be. Take it from a recovered alcoholic. I cannot go back and undo all of the things that I did. I can't. But I can make sure that I fill my cup with good stuff so when I get rattled, that doesn't happen again. I also get rattled a lot less with good stuff in my cup. So let's talk about the peer group. The top five people that you spend your most time with, and this doesn't have to be physically. I run my business on social media. Some of my top five, I don't actually see. I'm not in physical contact with them on a regular basis, but they're in my top five because we are connected all day or daily. So it can be coworkers. It could be me if I'm your coach. It could be family, it could be friends, but you need to think about who are the top five people right now. Let's say you're just starting this, right? Who are the top five people that you spend the most time with, either talking to or physically with? Think about those five people. Now, you can keep this to yourself, 
But I want you to evaluate those five people, their characteristics, their traits, their attitude, their drive, their generosity, how you perceive them, how others perceive them. And now I want you to ask yourself, are those characteristics you want to have, you want to absorb because you will. You will absorb traits and characteristics and pathways of the top five people in your your peer group. The top five people you spend the most time with. You will become most like them. And for some of us, that's a rude awakening. That's a rude awakening if you look at the top five people in your life. Do you really want to become that? When I married my husband, and I think that I've even said this before, and I apologize. When I knew I was going to be taking his name, I thought about the things that people said about my mother-in-law. And those were all characteristics that I would have loved for people to say about me. But then I thought about Melissa Pinckney. Don't look up that account on Facebook, FYI. I'm locked out of it. Okay, go ahead, whatever, sure. We'll throw it all out there, right? You can look that up on Facebook. I'm locked out of it, so I can't change it. But the profile picture is me in a tube top, drunk at 2.30 in the morning at Eaton Park, like holding my boobs up. I don't even, I mean, that's what I chose for my profile picture. <laughs> like, I can't even. Um, and that is a pretty accurate description of Melissa Pinckney, my former self. And I thought about the things that people would say about her. And they weren't good. They didn't make me feel good at all. And so I know I, I needed a change. And then I started looking at like what I was doing. And it wasn't necessarily the people, but it was more for me like the habits. You get together, you drink a lot. I spill my cup all over the place. And then I spend the next few days trying to clean it up, right? That was my pattern. So I'm not telling you, if you're, if the people in your peer group right now are super negative, they're not going anywhere, they're always complaining, gossiping, doing all that jazz, whatevs, right? I'm not saying, if these are family members, I'm not saying that you can't hang with them. I'm not saying that you have to get rid of your family. I am saying if the majority of the people that you spend your time with are negative, you need to find yourself some new people to add in. It's not about eliminating. Maybe you need to make some eliminations in your life. I can't tell you that. I can't. I've made some. I'll tell you that. I have. And while it was hard and it hurt, my life is not missing that piece. And that's okay. I want you to get to the point where you can kind of cut ties and release if you need to. But in order to do that, you have to have something pulling you forward. You have to have a new peer group, right? You have to have 
other people filling the void or you're just going to isolate yourself and we're going in the other direction. So I'm not telling you to just get rid of the people in your life or stop hanging out with them if you find that they're negative and not the kind of person who you want to be. I need you to focus on the person who you want to be and you will attract people like that. These can also be people that you admire on social media. Do they have a YouTube channel with videos? Do they have a podcast? Do they have an avenue or an outlet somewhere where they're pouring into? If they're not, they're probably not the virtual mentor that you're looking for. Which brings me to another piece of that. You need to have a mentor. And if you're still working on building your peer group, you can fill it with mentors for the time being. And a mentor doesn't have to be somebody where you go out and say, hey, will you be my mentor? Like I have mentors that have no idea that they are actually mentoring me personally. But a few of them are, I love Gary V. He's very sweary, by the way. So he is like my spirit animal. He drops F-bombs like commas. So I love Gary V. I like John Maxwell. He's a little bit more dry. Um, I like Tony Robbins. I'm trying to think of other people who really just kind of speak to me that I do several of their books. Uh, there's a new podcast that I'm trying to get into but haven't yet because I spend so much time making my own that it's kind of hard to stay up to date on other people's. It's called Your Virtual Upline. And then I like Rachel Hollis. However, her podcast doesn't speak to me as much as her books do. And so you'll find people who speak to you. Like if you're a sweary person and you like to keep it real, I probably fire you up because that's my language. So find me on Facebook. Go back and watch my videos, my lives. Make sure that you are getting wisdom, tools, knowledge on a regular basis from people who you admire and who fire you up. So if you watch a TED talk or a YouTube video and when it's over, you're like, oh, what can I do? Like, I feel great. And you want to make goals? Great. Write them down. Start taking action. Don't wait for life to line up because it's never going to. Most of the things that I have achieved, I achieved them when I wasn't even trying. And I don't mean that as they just happened, but that's not what I thought was in my path. But I just kept showing up and showing up. And because I knew where I wanted to go, my brain was constantly looking for those opportunities to take. You need to know where you're going. We're going to do an exercise at the end of this episode and I'm waiting until the end because I want you to be able to listen to it all and then go do the exercise because I hate when people are like, pause this and do it and then come back because you know my ass just keeps listening because I'm like, yeah, like I have paper or pen or I'm driving in my car or whatever. So I'm going to leave the exercise for the end of this episode, but just know it's going to apply to the whole thing. But start thinking about it while you're listening to me. Start thinking about the goals that you want for your life. And I don't just mean if you're in a business, I don't just mean business goals. I mean life goals, relationship goals, physical health goals, personal goals, professional goals, career goals, school goals, goals for your kids, your family, travel goals, all financial goals, all of it. I want all of it. All right. You're going to have to give it to me at the end. 
And we're going to take those goals and we're going to put them into a timeline. And then we're going to pick out a couple or a group years down the road. And we're going to talk about the kind of person that you need to become in order to achieve those goals. And what is the point of this? Well, you've probably never thought like this before. I know, yeah, they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they talk about setting goals. And maybe you've even heard the term reverse engineering your goals. But have you actually thought about the person you need to become in order to make those goals a reality? Because chances are, it's probably a different version of you than is listening to this podcast right now. And that's okay because that's where we all are. But if you don't know what the road looks like to get to the destination, you won't be looking for the shortcuts. You won't be looking for the road signs. How many of you drove to work today? How many of you listen to this podcast while you're driving to work today? How many of you remember any billboards that you saw on your way to work? How many of you remember any billboards? If we're not looking for it, we don't see it. We are in autopilot in our lives just as much as we are on our drive to work. Because you do the same thing every day. And you're on autopilot now. I bet there are some days you're like, I don't even remember driving home from work. And I wasn't even wasted, right? Like, whoa! We get stuck in the routine. We get stuck in the mundane. And we don't look for the opportunities around us. Because we feel stuck. Or we don't even realize that they're there. So being aware of where you want to go three, five years from now is so important because you will see those off-ramps. You will see those signs and you will take them. I hope this is making sense to you because if you don't know, we talked about this before too, if you don't know where you want to go, it doesn't fucking matter what direction you choose. So you need to know. But I also need you to focus on the person that you need to become. Because it's not just about knowing what you want to achieve. You are going to have to change. You're going to have to change some habits. You're going to have to change the way you talk to yourself. You're going to have to change the way you think, you speak, you act. Let's start with the way that we talk to ourselves. So everybody has different issues for me. I had no self-love, like none. And I had a lot of low self-worth and really low body confidence issues. So for me, I was really trying to learn how to love the body that I was in because I was a mom to a little girl. And I think that it's really important to have body confidence, whatever my body looks like. And I wasn't there, right? And I needed to be. So what I used to do is I used to stand in front of the mirror until I could say three nice things about myself every day. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, that was hard. 
because I can't tell you how many times I have stood in front of the mirror and said awful things to myself. Like awful things to myself. So it was hard to retrain my brain to point out things that I loved instead of the the flaws that were so easy to find. And it didn't happen in a week or a month, maybe even a year. But slowly, I would walk past a mirror and without even having to force myself, my brain would pick out something that it loved before it picked out something that it hated. And being able to change that alone has changed my entire life. But it didn't come by chance. It came by change. I had to make that change. So you need to figure out whatever it is you need to do to start speaking life into yourself. What is the current habit? What's the opposite? How can we instill that new habit? I'm not saying that you're not going to have the old one and that you're not going to still have to work on it. My first reaction is always positive now. I'm not saying that I that my brain doesn't see some of those negative things, but they're never first and they're never as bad. And it's never that I'm picking myself apart with them. It's like, oh, look, look, I can see my stretch marks. I can see my extra skin. For me, that's exciting now because that's my journey. That's all my hard work right there. I worked hard for that. I have mental scars like that too. I have mental stretch marks. You can't see them, but I can, and I'm grateful for them. So I recommend starting with daily affirmations. What do you need to tell yourself? So I just started doing the five-minute journal. Bought it off Amazon, like 20 bucks. Love it. It has a daily quote every morning. Then you list three things that you're grateful for. You list three things that would make today amazing that you have control over because we can only control the controllable. And then you have daily affirmations. And I got to say, it takes five minutes, literally less than five minutes. You do it before you go to bed too. So at night, the five minutes is what were three great things that happened today or three amazing things that happened today? And then how could I have made today even better? I love this because you're thinking about the positive things. Like every day I'm waking up and I have to list three things that I'm grateful for. That means that I am starting off my day by being grateful, which is so much better than anything else that you can start your day with. Then I'm picking out three things that would make my day great that I have control over. Do you see what I'm doing? I'm setting myself up for the potential to have a great fucking day. And then I have my daily affirmations. And for me, for whatever reason, I struggle with feeling that I am not a strong leader. So, and that I'm a hot mess and a squirrel. So my daily affirmations for the whole week, I've 
started this on Monday, the day before my birthday, last day of 36, has been, I am a leader of leaders and I am consistent as fuck. It has to speak to you. It's exactly what it sounds like in my brain. So that's what gets written down on paper. But that's what I'm telling myself every day right now. And then at the end of the day, what were three great things? So even if you didn't get those three things to make the day great, you still have to find three things about that day that was amazing. And I love that too, because you're always going to bed on a positive note. You're picking out the great pieces of the day. And I'll tell you guys that I'm already like, ooh, what's amazing today that I can write down tonight? I'm already looking for it. I'm looking for the amazing things in my life that haven't even happened yet so I can write them down tonight. Do you know how powerful that is? And this is so great for any guys out there or somebody who's not a big journaler because it's really, you don't have to write a lot. It's like one line, right? Things I'm grateful for. Energize. My comfy bed. (laughs) allergy shots, like whatever, right? It doesn't have to be life-changing. I just need you to change the way that you're seeing the world. I just need to change the way you're starting your day. I just need to change the way you're ending your day. And this is a great place to start. And then I love the one, the last one that you fill out for the day. How could I have made today even better? Because we can't go back in time. We can't, but so many times we go to bed having guilt or anger about the day and even just being able to put it down on paper, like what is one thing that I could have done that would have made today better? And it feels better putting that down on paper and being done with it, knowing, okay, if I could go back, that's what I would have done. And guess what? Next time, I bet you don't really make that same mistake. So for me, one day it was, how could I have made that day even better? I could have got up with my alarm because I got up cranky because I didn't have that alone time. Guess what happened the very next day? It took me four days to wake up with my alarm, but it happened the morning after I wrote down, that's what I could have done to made my day better. Do you see? I'm in control of it. I told myself that is one thing that you can do to have a better day. And guess what my ass did the next day? It did it. It did it. Being aware, guys, awareness is worth so much, so much. And this is an ongoing thing, guys. This is a forever thing. I want you to live your best life every fucking day until it's over. That means that this is a merry-go-round ride that you never get off of. So I need you to figure out how to fill your cup every day and how to keep it positive because it's going to continue to spill. And when you stop working on yourself, now you are letting the world fill your cup. Let that sink in. Every day that you do not personally work on yourself, you are letting the world fill your cup. And sister, you don't want that right now. My husband watches the news every morning. Ugh, it's depressing. Like I put on my headphones and I put on some PD because that is not how I will start my day. I will not let that fill my cup. Fuck that noise. And I'm not saying that you can't watch the news or whatever, but who 
is filling your cup? Is it you or is it your surroundings? You have control over that too. We focus on the things that we can control. We control the controllable. That's all you can do in this life. You can't control how other people talk to you. You can't control what other people are doing. You can't control how other people are talking to themselves. But you can control what you're doing, how you talk to yourself. So next, I want to focus on the questions that you're asking yourself. Because if you're on this path, if you're new on this path, chances are the questions that you're asking yourselves are the wrong fucking questions. What does that look like? So disclaimer, I do not talk to myself this way anymore, but I used to. And even though I drop F-bombs like commas, the real bad F word in our house is fat. So I'm going to say it for this podcast, but I hate that word and it is not tolerated in this house because we do not speak that way about ourselves. If you are unhappy with yourself, then let's work on fixing it, but we don't dare put ourselves down. I want to do everything that I can to raise girls to be confident in their bodies, whatever they look like, and strong enough and wise enough to know that if they really want to make a change, they can. But there's absolutely nothing wrong with the way they are, right? So questions that I used to ask myself were things like, why can't you get it together? Or why are you so fat and lazy? Or why do you just want to lay around all day? Or why do you cry every day? Or why do you hate your job? Or why is life so hard? Why am I always fighting? Why do I always feel like I'm climbing an uphill battle? These were all questions that I used to ask myself. And let me tell you guys, my brain went looking for those answers. It went looking hardcore for those answers and it found them. And that's what I focused on. I wasn't ever looking for a solution because I was so focused and fixated on the problem. And this kept me in very much of a victim mindset. I would always ask, like, how much more can I take? Or how much more was I expected to take? Or what was going to happen next? Or why was it always so hard? And guess what? It was always so hard. I always found the next struggle because I was looking for it. They probably would have found me anyways. (laughs) I'm a magnet for that shit. But I caused so much more damage, so much more heartache, so much more depression because those were the things that I was fixated on. And whatever you focus on will become your reality. Our minds are not designed to take us out of our comfort zone. They are designed to keep us alive, to keep us safe. So when something hurts or we get resistance, it freaks out. It goes into protection mode. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think we're supposed to be doing this. And if you don't know why you're doing it or that you're supposed to be doing it, you may quit. You may stop. 
Do you get pushback when you get out of your comfort zone? That's because it's scary. And your brain is like, no, no, this is dangerous. Its only job is to keep you safe and alive. It is never going to just push you into traffic or push you out of your comfort zone. And no, I'm not telling you to jump in front of traffic either. Please don't. But it's not going to make you move and do the hard things on its own. So we have to train it. And so you have to start asking yourself the right questions. Instead of, why am I so tired? How could I find more energy? How could I have more energy? What could I do to give me more energy? Is there anything that I'm doing that is sucking my energy? Right? These are the questions that are going to find the solution that you need to move forward. If you ask yourself why you're so fat and lazy, your brain's going to tell you. It's going to fucking tell you. And then you're not going to feel like doing the things or doing anything because you're so bummed out because you just negged yourself out hardcore because you were asking the wrong questions. Why does everybody else get promoted at work instead of me? Well, you're going to find the answer because you're late, because you don't do this, because you do that, because you do this, blah, 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 blah. You will find everything that you do wrong. And guess what? Your brain's not going to be like, oh, yeah, let's fix these things and be better. It's going to be like, you're a fucking piece of shit. And then you feel every bit of that. Am I wrong? But if you ask yourself, what could I be doing to earn the next promotion. Well, I bet you act differently. I bet your days look different. And I bet you that you have a much better chance of getting that promotion having asked that one question differently. You have no idea how much power you possess in your life because Up until now, you might have been driving on the wrong side of the fucking road in negative land. And so you were the one who has been driving you off a cliff for all these years. Sorry to tell you. That's all you. But the good news is you're in the driver's seat. So start asking the right questions. So what are the questions that you find yourself asking? And this is going to require you to pay attention to the way you talk to yourself. And I know you do. Because we all do. Sometimes my conversations are actually out loud, and that's fine. That's cool. But I still have a lot of conversations in my head. I want to share something with you guys. We did this exercise at our retreat last weekend, and it was really powerful. So there were six of us there. So we each had to write down five things that our mean girl says to us. So five things that your mean girl says, right? So next time you're with a group of people who you love, admire, cherish, maybe you're just sitting down at dinner tonight and it's your spouse and your babies. 
And if there are three other people sitting at the table with you, I need you. Just trust me, please, because I need you to understand the power of this. So please do this with me. If there are three people, and it's going to be hard because you know you're going to be saying it to them, but I already need you to be thinking about what are, let's say it's three. Let's go with three. What are three things that your mean girl says to you? What are three things that you say to yourself on a regular basis? I need you to get those three things. Do you have them? This is somewhere where I'm going to say pause. I need you to make, I need you to get these things. You don't have to write them down, but I need you to have these things in your mind. I need you to at least have two and I need you to pick the two closest people in your life, the two people you love the most. And now I need you to picture you saying those things to those people because last weekend I had to look in the eye of a woman who I love, who I admire, who inspires me. And I had to tell her that she deserved every awful thing that has ever happened in her life. And that was one of the hardest things that I have ever said out loud, ever. And yet my brain does not hesitate to say it to me all the time. Anytime I screw up, anytime I fall short of a goal, that is what my brain says to me. Call it the alcoholic, call it the addict in me. I don't know. It's something that I'm always working on. It's part of the reason that I'm so fixated on doing good. Because I'm constantly trying to prove that mean girl wrong. And I'm getting so much better. That was the meanest thing that I wrote down. And it broke my heart to have to look in her eyes and say it to her. Because I would never, I would never say that to anyone. Yet I say it to myself. Could you say those things to the person who you love the most? And if you couldn't, then why the fuck are you saying it to yourself? Because you matter. We need you to love you as much as you love them. That's how we fix this. That's how we break the cycle. Because if not, you're going to pass this on. And now it's the next generation's problem. And I feel like they're going to have enough of their own. They don't need ours too. So whether you use your social media for accountability, you get the five-minute journal, you get a partner, you get a coach, you get any of these things, but I need you to show up every day and be intentional with the way that you're talking to yourself, with the direction that you want to go in your life. And I need you to pay attention I need you to pay attention to the questions that you're asking yourself. I need you to pay attention to what kind of wild goose chases you're sending your brain on. 
All right, so I'm gonna need you to get out a piece of paper, if not right now, whenever you're done with this. I need you to set a timer for five minutes and I need you to write down all of those goals that we talked about. I want you to write them all down. Everything in your life, financial, family, relationships, work, physical, mental, right? All of it, write it down. When that timer is done, five minutes, you stop. I want you to keep writing. Write all your goals that you can possibly think of in those five minutes, okay? Then I want you to go down and I want, to, I want you to write one, a number one, next to all of the one-year goals. How many of those goals are one-year goals? Goals that you would like to achieve in the next one year. Then I need you to do the same thing with three. What are those goals or three-year goals? Mark them all. Same with five. Now, how many of these goals are five-year goals? And lastly, how many 10-year goals do you have written down on that paper? Write a 10 next to all of them. I want you to notice how many one, three, five, and 10-year goals you have. And then I want you to look at the three-year goals. You can pick one, you can pick two, you can look at all of them, but I need you to at least pick one three-year goal. I need you to write it down on the back of this piece of paper, separate piece of paper, whatever. And I need you to write down the person that you need to become in order to achieve that goal in three years. I want you to start looking at your goals in this way. Because if you're gonna achieve a goal in three years, the decisions that you make right now, they are what is gonna shape you for three years from now. The decisions that we make today are what shape our lives two years from now. So if you're not focused on where you're going in three years, you're not going to be making the decisions, the actions, that you need to in order to get there. And then you're just coasting through life and you're settling for mediocrity and you're gonna start asking yourself those negative questions because you're not seeing the growth and the progression in your life that you want to because you're not doing the work that you need to do on yourself in order to get there. Because if you don't become the person that you need to be, none of it will align. None of it will happen. And that is the one thing that you can control, is you. Can I tell you a secret? That if you become that person and you don't hit that goal, you don't really lose. I promise you, you don't really lose. A couple years ago, I was in the top four of my age group for this huge competition that my company does. 
They award $100,000 to one man and one woman every year who have changed their life using our workouts and products. And I lost 109 pounds at the time of this. And I submitted and I was in the top four. And I had that challenge winner post it on my mirror for years. I knew what kind of person I needed to become in order to even be in the running for that challenge. I knew what I needed to do. I didn't win that $100,000, but I totally won. Like I did not lose there. There was no losing for me. When I pulled that post-it off of my board, knowing that that would never happen, I was okay. I was totally okay with it because what I have gained by becoming that person to even have that opportunity is worth more than $100,000 to me. And that's where you need to be because even if you lose, you win. I need you to get there in life. Because when that's the way you're playing the game, you cannot lose. Do you hear me? You cannot lose. So let's write down our goals. Let's think about the person who we need to become in order to achieve them. And let's start talking to ourselves like we are that person. Evaluate who's around us. Find someone to pour into us. And let's get to fucking work making your dreams come true. I'll see you guys next week.